Hello and welcome to Grace Life Rondebosch. We are a gospel-centered church family focused on reaching the unreached and making disciples. We pray that this teaching will help you to grow in your relationship with Jesus and discover more of the reality of Christianity. to share something else with you just three verses so go with me firstly to Romans chapter 1 Romans chapter 1 you know uh, uh, one of the things that I felt was um, just to share something that really impacted me okay because we're talking about vision we're talking about the church where we're going and all of this and how you're a part of it and can be a part of it but but like it all starts with a message and if we read through the book of Acts what you see is that the message was preached, the gospel was preached, and then a community gathered around that message, and a church was started. So this is God's pattern for church planting. Not, uh, it's not marketing. The best marketing is you. Is you stepping out and telling people. And so it's, we share the message, people draw gather around the message, and we have a gospel community. Now I know all of us, uh, love um, friends. We love to, to be in community and it's nice to, to, to do that. And that's a large part of church. But it's poor. Um, it's a poor community if there isn't at the heart of it the gospel, the true gospel, the message of grace. Because that kind of gives birth to a community which is much better than a community which would be legalistic. To be blunt about it. So I grew up a Christian, or I remember receiving Christ when I was about five, and uh, you know, the, 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 it was le- much later on in my life, probably around 2007 or so, where, where I, I, I had a revelation of grace for the first time, and this is what impacted and changed my life completely, okay? This is the message that caused me, at that stage, I was ministering, and I was you know, I was doing, I was loving Jesus and serving in church and stuff, but it was, I was tired, it was like strain, it was, it was really like forcing things, it was, I felt like I had to, but also at the same time I felt like, you know, this is going to help me get brownie points with Jesus. You know, I don't want to, I, 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 I want to be blessed, so if I want to be blessed, I'm going to have to do something. So let me do something for Jesus, and then maybe if I have a prayer ever, he'll answer it. Some of you think like that. You know, like, and so I had this kind of like thing and I was working for acceptance. I was working for a, a, a blessing. And um, there, there's a couple things that, that kind of started a chain reaction of revelation in my heart that changed everything for me. Okay. And, you know, this is the same stuff that I've shared with many, many people and it hasn't done anything for them. It's the same stuff I've shared with many people and it's done something for them. So, it's not about the message. The message is, is, is good. The seed which we, we're giving out now is good. But it's about the, the, the receiving of that message. We can all hear the same message and it, it'll do something different in each of us. But it'll produce in the hearts that are receiving it 
and the hearts that are understanding it. So sometimes you might hear something and you just don't understand anything of what's being said. That, that might just be because you need to process that a bit more. You need to sit with the God and you go, God, I have no idea what that is about, but please help me to understand it. And you need to pray over it or ask some questions and process things. Because the thing is, is like fruitfulness only happens when we have understanding. So there's a lot of Christians who are genuinely born again. They genuinely got their fire insurance. But they're not experiencing abundant life. And that's one of the things we want for every single person that's here. We want you to experience abundant life. We're experiencing it. And we can always experience more of it. But it's so good that we have to share it with others. See, when I got this revelation, some of the things I'm about to share with you, I, um, I couldn't keep it to myself. I started sharing it with others, including Etienne and others. And I saw it, how it impacted their life. Another person that I was like, I have to share this with, was someone that I'd known for uh, maybe five years or so before that, and it was Angela. So Angela and I had known each other for five years already, and then I was like, I have to share this with him. So I gave him some DVDs, and uh, he didn't watch it for two years. He didn't go through that for two years or so until he moved. And while he was moving, he saw the DVDs, and he was like, ah, oh, maybe I should give this a watch. And then I remember the, where I was standing when he phoned me, and he said, I've got something to confess. And you know what? Two years later, I knew exactly what he was about to tell me. I knew that because I've seen it too often. People are like, oh, it's nice, it's a good revelation, and they move on. But I know if someone gets this message, it changes everything. And so he's on the phone, and he's like, yeah, I've got something to confess. And I knew straight away, he's watched the DVDs. <laughs> and he says, I, I don't know why I didn't watch them at first. And he's like, yeah, they, they, they've really changed everything for me. Um, you know, I, I, and then we, I don't know if he said I need to come and see, see you so he, moved, he came from Durban to Cape Town he changed his whole life really started to change uh, uh, directional wise where now he's about to step into ministry even. you know and, and, and it's just it, it transformed everything and um, I, I, I've seen it happen for, for so many people for us as well uh, um, I didn't really have an intention of starting a church until I had a revelation of grace that I couldn't keep to myself and then people gathered that's what happened. You know, revelation of grace was so strong, uh, 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 it impacted me so much that I, 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 I wasn't depressed anymore. My wife got such a, a revelation of it that we, we had just gotten married, and it wasn't just because we were married, uh, although that's a large part of it. I mean, you can imagine. Uh, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but it's like, you know, shortly after that, she just, you know, she went off of medication that she was on for, for depression that she had been on since she was a teenager. And so it like, it changed everything. And I'm not saying, you know, you'll have exactly the same results, but it depends on how you respond to the word. Okay. The word works. So Romans chapter one, verse 16, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. So let's, let's break this down because this is something that we, if you're a Christian, you've been a Christian for a while, you should have heard this many times. And it's probably you've heard it so many times that that was just like, oh yes, I know that verse. And then it didn't do anything for you. But let's break it down. It says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. 
So we need to ask ourselves, what is the gospel of Christ? Because if you're a Christian and you're sitting here, you, you, you know the gospel and you assume you know all the gospel. You go into a, a Christian bookstore or even just an exclusive books, a regular bookstore, and they've got a gospel section. Or you go to a music store. I don't know if you do this, if this if it exists anymore. But you go online and you're like looking for, through a section of music and there's a gospel section. I just realized. I haven't seen the music in a while. <laughs> but I don't really go. <laughs> anyway. That's funny. Uh, 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 but the point is, is like, what is the gospel? So let's, let's look at it in uh, Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20, verse 24. It says, Paul, Paul is, uh, is recorded as speaking here. And he says, But none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy, and the ministry which I've received of the Lord Jesus, to testify the gospel of the grace of God. So here he says he wants to testify of the gospel of the grace of God. So he's using gospel and grace interchangeably and it's showing that the gospel is the message of grace. Grace is unearned, undeserved, unmerited favor. It's a free gift. Okay? Gospel is good news by definition. So this is talking about good news that is completely free. Completely free. You didn't earn it. You didn't deserve it. Uh, 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 and all you needed to do, one, uh, uh, Romans chapter 1 verse 16, it's the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes. What unlocks the power of God in our lives, what unlocks His grace in our lives is belief. And here I was trying to do all of these things to try, you know, even fasting and, and uh, uh, trying to do this and give finances and whatever in order to be blessed. But this shows me that the moment I believe, I've unlocked the power of God in my life. Another way to, to, you could say you've unlocked the power of God is Ephesians 1.3, which says that we are blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. So that's saying that as a Christian now, I've unlocked the power of God because of my faith in Him, my belief in Him, and now I am blessed. Completely blessed. Utterly blessed. Only blessed. Okay? Even if my bank balance doesn't say that, God says I'm blessed because He defines it differently. Okay? But then it says, so it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew first, also to the Greek, for therein, in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. And then it says at the end there, the just shall live by faith. So the justified, that's you and me, those that have been made right with God, live by faith, by believing. Yes, the way we live is important. Holiness is important. But... We live by faith. You can't be truly holy without faith. Okay, we're going to get there in a sec. But, but this is what it's saying, is that in the gospel, the, the, the righteousness of God is revealed. So, so often we hear a message, a salvation message. Okay, you're a sinner, and you need to put your faith in Jesus as death, burial, resurrection, in order to receive new life, or whatever they say. A whole bunch of things like that. But li listen to this. The gospel message contains... The message of righteousness. If you didn't hear the message of righteousness, you didn't hear the message of the gospel. 
Because this is saying in the gospel, the message of righteousness was, uh, is revealed. And for so long, I was trying as a Christian, I believe I was genuinely saved. I had a relationship with God, a friendship with Him. But I believed that uh, I needed to try and get right with God. Some of you feel like that. You feel wrong because of things happening in your life, because you maybe aren't as committed as you should be, or whatever the case is. Okay? You, you may be struggling with something, you're doing something you shouldn't do. Whatever the case is, maybe you feel like you're not right and you need to get right in order for God to notice you and then bless you. To change something in your life. It's wrong. It's not true. Okay? This changed everything for me. Realizing that the moment I said yes to Jesus, I unlocked the power of God and the power of God made me right. So 2 uh, uh, Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, this is what the gospel did to us. This is a message that really impacted and changed me. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse uh, 21. It says, For he has made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, so that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So this is saying that, Jesus did what he did and became what he became, sin, so that we could become righteous, right with God. That means being able to stand in the presence of God without any feeling of inferiority. <laughs> that means that you, you, you can have a confidence in your relationship with God because you know he sees you as right. He's not looking at you and going, huh, you need to sort this out before we can talk. Before I can bless you, you need to sort that out. And by the way, there's something in your heart. You know, like, like, yes, there's things that, you, uh, that are in your heart. Maybe you need to deal with. Maybe you do need to change. The person around you, the people around you, the people sitting next to you are praying for you to change. Because you're making their life difficult. <laughs> Amen? But God loves you just the way you are. He loves you too much to leave you like that. And so He wants you to, to, to grow and mature because it's good for you. And it's good for everybody. And it's good for the kingdom. And it's good PR. But the point is, is that, that you, even when you're still not living right as a believer, there's something in you called righteousness. Because it's an identity. And the more you realize who you are in Christ, <coughs> righteous, right with God, 100% of the time, the more you can start to live it. Then, you, you got to confront, you're confronted with a decision. Do I do right or do I do wrong? And you realize, I am right, so I need to do what's right. And it's easier to do what's right. So you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's not just talking about action, it's talking about identity. And because it's an identity, you can do it. Okay? What does, you, you, many of you have heard me say this, what does a dog give birth to? Puppies, okay? Animal produces animal. Okay? God is righteous. Now, you've got new birth and He's given birth to you. What is it, what, so what does that make you? Righteous. Even if you're not acting like it. Okay? You, you, we, you've heard uh, um, Etienne say this last week as well. Okay? Our, our kids don't always act like humans. They like to bark and growl and roar and do things like animals do. But you know what? 
It doesn't change their being. They are still 100% human. 100% of the time, it doesn't fluctuate. Even if they think they're not, they are. Okay? Even when you don't think you're righteous, you're righteous. Even when you don't think that you're good enough for God, you're good enough for God. Because that was the issue that I was facing. I was like, I'm never going to be good enough for God. I need to fast more. And I had this magical number in my head of 21. And I had to fast for 21 days. And then I would have breakthrough. Then I would be amazing. You know, then I would be accepted by God. And I always, maybe, maybe 14, 15 days, that was, that was max. And then I would, but then I would go walking in the, in the Durban's heat. Like a couple of kilometers to and from work and things like that. Half down on the side of the road because I didn't eat. I'm not drinking enough water. Because I'm trying to get closer to God. I was going to get very close to God if I didn't eat. I was going to die. The point is, is that we need to realize as believers how close we are to God. Number one. We're one with Him. That's the revelation. We're one with Him. The gospel made you one with Him. But then on top of that, He's pleased with you. He's pleased with you. You're not trying to please Him. You can live a pleasing life, but He's pleased with you. That, you know, this is faith. Faith not in your actions, because I'm sure all of us did something wrong this week. Some of you more than others. But... Faith doesn't look at your actions and say, am I good enough for God? Faith looks at Jesus and says, I'm good enough for God. Faith looks at Jesus and says, He paid for my stupid, He paid for my sin, and I'm right with Him. And when we start to meditate on that and focus on that, it transforms us, it changes us. You know, there's many testimonies of that in the room, but I know Etienne and I are testimonies of that. Okay? So, this is the message of the gospel. Another verse, uh, two verses I want to get from Hebrews chapter 10. So go with me to Hebrews chapter 10. The, the, Hebrews chapter 10 is a passage which many believers often overlook. And there's a couple of verses in there that you might not believe. I'm going to show you two verses that many Christians don't believe. Okay? These are two verses that many Christians don't believe. And I'm sure this week... If you know some Christians, you'll be able to find at least one Christian that doesn't believe this. There's a challenge. Amen? Verse 10. Let's read it in the New Living Translation. I don't know what it says, but let's hope for the best. There we go. For God's will was for us to be made holy by the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all time. Let me read it again. For God's will... You want to know what God's will is? Look here. It was so that we would be made holy by the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all time. So many Christians would very quickly say they're not holy. They would very quickly say. So you can go and ask a Christian. Hey, you know, uh, uh, Susan at work, are you, are, you, are you, I think you're a Christian, right? You're a believer. Yes. Susan, are you, are you holy? What do you think Susan's going to say? Probably, no, 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 no. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not perfect. Why does Susan say that? Because Susan doesn't, she's not being discipled well. Because Susan's listening to bad messages <laughs> that are bringing condemnation, guilt, and shame, and it's strengthening sin in her life. It's strengthening the, uh, because law is being preached at it. Okay? 
But what Susan needs to know, and what we need to know, is that we're made holy by the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ. What He did for you makes you holy. You put faith in Him, and that makes you holy. So it's not about what you do, it's about what He has done. That changed things for me. Because you know what that did for me? It took my focus off of me in my Christianity, and it helped me put my focus onto Jesus. Because then I was like, wow, Jesus, you're awesome. Because before that, when I was legalistic, I was very much like, a, I've got to repent of this, and I've got to deal with this, and I've got to clean up my act in this area, and I've got to do this, and I've got to do that. And stop looking at me as if I was really bad. All of you think the same, have thought the same at some point. <laughs> because we focus on all the negative things, amen? We focus on all the, 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 the things that we think are really just rotten, and they are. But here's the thing. As soon as we focus in on Jesus and the sacrifice and what He did for us, and we realize that my faith in Him has made me holy now, made me righteous, it sanctified me, big word, what does, what does that do for me? It gives me confidence in my relationship with God. It takes my eyes off of me and what I do, and it puts my eyes on Him. Automatically, your relationship with God will improve. Automatically, you'll experience more intimacy. Most legalism circles will show you that you need to repent of sin in order to be more uh, uh, closer to God and experience intimacy with Him. So now list your sins and pray through them and burn the piece of paper and nail it to the cross or whatever, you know, all those little rituals that people come up with. Has anyone ever been at Kutzenberg and you climb up the, the, the Kutzenberg mountain in Selenbosch and then there's that cross? That's a great example of legalism right there. You go look at how many rocks there are around there with people writing their sins on it or nailing it to the cross or writing it there or whatever. Why? Because they don't believe what Jesus did for them was enough. They feel like they need to do something. And at least it's just climbing off a mountain and putting it at the foot of a cross. You know, in Brazil you go there and people, what do they do? They allow themselves to be crucified. Not die but get hung on a cross, and some of them have even uh, go walk on their hands and knees on broken glass for a couple meters or whatever it is, just because they feel like they need to be punished for their sin. You don't need to be punished for your sin because Jesus was punished for your sin. He took your punishment that you deserved. So now you don't deserve punishment, and now your sin is never going to be held to your account, so all you need to do is look at Jesus and say thank you. Automatically you'll be more intimate with God. Because you're focused on Him and not yourself. The second verse here, which most Christians don't believe, is verse 17. It says, then He says, I, this is what God speaking, I will never again remember their sins and lawless deeds. I will never again remember their, their sins and lawless deeds. And that's a quotation from Jeremiah. But now here's the, here's the awesome thing. Go to Susan tomorrow. Okay? That's the name I pulled out of a magical hat in my head. So it's not an actual person, right? So, so go to Susan and say, Susan, if God was to pitch up here right now in the physical and ask you to tell Him what your sin is in your life so that you can, you can be forgiven, what would you say to Him? What would some of you say to Him? So straight away we would want to list our things that we've done wrong. But you know what you should say? 
If an angel comes to you and says, listen, seeing who I must pick on, Ben. Ben. An angel comes and says, Ben, I've got a message from God. Just, now just, just, just confess out loud all the sins in your life so that you may be cleansed. God has sent me to tell you. You just need to just, just confess your sin. An angel will never tell you to do that. Except if it's an angel from, from another place, not a heaven. And then, you know what? Ben should respond and say, go to hell. <laughs> Literally, that's what you say to an angel like that. Because Galatians 1.8, Paul says, if an angel comes from heaven and preaches a different gospel, let them be damned. Damned means go to hell. So then if an angel appears to you and says something that's contrary to the gospel, you say, go to hell. I'm not interested. Take your lies and go. Why? Because now, if, if, if Ben feels like this is a holy moment and he gets on his knees and he starts to write down all the things that he thinks that are sin, has he got sin in his life? Maybe he's got some sin in his life. Maybe he's got some things that he's, he's struggling with or whatever. But the point is, now he starts to focus on them, he's already lost sight of Jesus. Okay? God doesn't want you to pray about your sin. God doesn't want you to focus on your sin. He wants you to focus on Him and the fact that He's made you holy, forgiven your sin, and made you right with Him. Righteous. That's what we focus on. So, so then in a moment like that, when an angel's there and you're feeling glory and whatever, and he says, list your sin, all you do is you say, thank you, Jesus, I'm forgiven. Jesus can't remember your sin. Why should you? If you want to be more like God, forget about your sin. He's forgotten it. Isn't that good news? This is what impacted me so much that we, we had to just do something about it and start church. <laughs> we had to tell more people. And not only was it a case of telling more people, yes, I've still got issues and whatever, and I need to transform and grow, not as much as I used to, <laughs> amen? But my life is completely different, just like yours can be. And we're all on a journey of realizing what happened to us when we said yes to Jesus. That's Christianity. In a nutshell, that's what impacted me, was realizing that Christianity is not about becoming something. It's about discovering what happened to me when I put my faith in Jesus. Because in that moment, I became a child of God. I became the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I became holy. I became blameless. I became accepted. Uh, 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 everything changed. And that's what God wants me to focus on. Who He says I am, not the things that I think I am. And the more we focus on that, the more it will transform us. The more it will change us. And I won't tell you how radical you might get, but you might get radical if you, if you meditate on that for a while. <laughs> because it changes you. I, I remember how much it impacted uh, us in, in the town that I was in when I got the revelation of grace is that it spread like wildfire amongst many different churches that all the churches in town started doing corrective uh, teachings on grace to try and correct what they thought was an imbalance because we were saying you're forgiven and they were like no 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 you need to repent of your sin I repented I became a Christian here I am forgiven Never need, I don't need any more forgiveness. Okay? Would it be wrong for me to hit someone? It's not a trick question. Okay. 
Let's say, let's say you did nothing. Did you do anything to hurt me now? No, no. Which, which is the song? <laughs> Let me say, I just hit Ben now. It's wrong. I should ask him for forgiveness, but I don't have to ask God for forgiveness. God's upset maybe that I, I, I hurt the relationship and caused damage to him, and I shouldn't be doing that. And then saying, I'm forgiven. At least I'm forgiven. People do take this to an extreme, and that's not grace. That's not God. But because when you realize, I'm going to show you one more verse. When you realize how much God loves you and how forgiven you are, it will cause change in your life. You won't stay the same. Titus. Titus. Where are you, my Titus? <laughs> Titus is after Timothy. Titus chapter 2, verse 11. Titus 2.11 For the grace of God What is the grace of God? The gospel. The good news of salvation. The grace of God has been revealed bringing salvation to all people. We can better say for all people. Because not everybody saved. Okay? For all people. Um, verse 12 And we are instructed Ah, oh, that's not so good. Look at verse 12 in uh, King James. We go, when, when, it, uh, when it starts to differ, then you must go back to King James. <laughs> For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us. So this is what the grace of God does. It teaches us. Denying, that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. So this is saying that when you, get a, when you receive grace, what it should do is teach you. Teach you to do what? Teach you to deny ungodliness. It means, and worldly lust. You might, not, you might still feel like being ungodly. Anybody feel like hitting someone this week? Yeah. My hand is up, actually. <laughs> yeah, so, so, you know, that's ungodly. You feel like, but like, like doing something to harm someone, it's ungodly. Okay? So, so, what it might mean is you still might want to do something that doesn't make you evil. Makes you unlearned. You're not letting grace teach you. Now what you do is you say no to ungodliness. And you embrace righteousness. And you choose to live righteous. That's what God, the gospel does. It teaches you to say no. The law didn't do that. The law made you sin more. And it increased sin in your life, the Bible says. But when you got grace, it, 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 something rose up in you where now you can say no to sin. Now you can say no to ungodliness and you can say yes to Jesus. Amen. Now, Father, I, I just thank you that, that we can live righteously. We can live holy because that's who we are. I thank you, Father, for this amazing message of the gospel, this message of grace that has impacted so many of us and can impact us. And I thank you that this year will be a year for all of us that we receive it more, we get grounded in it more, and we experience much more fruitfulness in our lives and that it's going to increase so much that people around us are going to be like, wow, they're going to be blessed by it. They're going to be impacted by it, Father.
Father, I pray that whatever hindrances there are in our hearts or in our environments, even that you would just reveal that to us. Hindrances to receiving more grace. Show us, Father, so that we can, we can just receive more from you. So we can be more and enjoy more of what you've called us to. Thank you that, 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 that this, this changes everything, Father. It's not just a, a new opportunity to, to try again and try harder to be a good person. It's not about that at all. The gospel changed everything and changes it. You can find more of our free teachings on our website, www.gracelife.co. And if you're ever in the Cape Town area, we invite you to join us for one of our gatherings. Our aim is to help you discover Jesus, find family, and experience life. To contact us or to find out where and when we meet, visit our website www.gracelife.co.